Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier, and this is the NL Full Time Podcast. And to this week's NL Full Time, I'm Luke Edwards, and we are here in Des's Kitchen. It's not a posh, exotic restaurant in mm. South Manchester. It's actually Chris's mate, Des, who's allowed us to use his kitchen because we're recording this on a Saturday evening. Now, normally we record it on a Sunday morning, but we've had a bit of an NL Full Time derby today. Stop put with playing all the shots. So we all had a little meet-up, apart from Dickie, of course, who was uh, at Telford's game, and... We've come back to record the podcast. So I'm Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe as well on iTunes and Spotify. And Rob is here alongside me rather than at the other end of the phone. Hello, Rob. Yeah, pleasure to actually be here, Luke. And uh, I think as we start recording this, Chris, bless his heart, is still waiting for Jim Gannon. He's had the Stockport players uh, locked in the dressing room for quite some time today. We'll come back to that, yeah. of course, in a minute. What we're going to do is um, we're going to head back to midweek where Serena Ars, as you know, she's had one of our new reports. She caught up with Barnett's Marrowville Het and had a word with him to find out about his injury and how you recover as a player from an injury and looking ahead as well to Barnett's game against Maidenhead. Today I'm here with Barnett's attacker, Marrowville. So how have you been finding the new season? It started off half decent. I was, I was coming back from injury. Um, done two two weeks of pre-season but then had a little setback yeah a little setback and yeah it's starting to get on the mend that's good to hear and obviously speaking about your injury how's the rehab going for that tough but um it's been good um i'm literally at the final stages now so i just can't wait to be back obviously because of your injury you haven't been involved in the matches that mm-hmm. Barn have been playing um, but they have got 13 points out of a possible 24 yeah so what's the mood been like in the camp at the moment um, yeah, it's been good. Um, we've been positive. We've con- we've lost one game. Um, we would have liked to have won a, a few more games that we've drawn, but it's part of football. And you're actually on your 11th year at the club now. Oh, yeah. What are your personal aims for the season? I think this might be my very last year at Barnet, so I think it's it's a good thing to finish off anywhere you anywhere you go positively. So yeah, this year I want to just end with. A very positive vibe. And you've played in some, <laughs> under some great managers like Martin Allen mm-hmm. and Edgar David. Um, what would you say one of your highlights has been? You've obviously been at the club for so long. Can you pick a favourite moment? Uh, one of them winning the league. Um, we played Gateshead last game of the season. We needed to win to stay top. Um, Bristol Rovers were literally a point behind us. and I just remember the fans going a bit quiet in the last game of the season because... They had gone up two or three near lap in the first half, first 20 minutes or so. Um, and I managed to get two goals for us to win the league. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of them. Yeah, what was that thing like? That must have been unreal. Uh, yeah, 100%. There's moments you black out, just over the moon about winning the league. Um, but yeah, it was it was ledge. Another one was when I first met David, uh, or when I first played with him. It was it was surreal as well. I used to I remember when I was younger I used to watch him play. Aww. Watch him in all the adverts and stuff and to actually even though it's it really late in his career, it was nice to share the stage with him. Yeah, well hopefully you've got a lot more um, moments like that for this season. And um, well thank you for talking to me, Mauro, thank and you, I wish sir. you all the best. Thank you very much. And that was Mauro Villette and, and Barnett kept up their good record and good start to the season with a 1-0 win there over Maidenhead so they'll be delighted with that however at the top of the table Woking they looked like they were going to be cruising to another victory Tyrese Johnson and Jake Hyde gave them the lead but then 
Two late goals for Ebsley, Alex Reed and Miles Weston in the 94th minute meant it finished Woking 2, Ebsfleet 2. And when you saw they were 2 0 up, Rob, you'd have expected him to go on and win the game, but that a mad sort of last five, six minutes has cost him. It has, and I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. I must admit, whilst I wouldn't have predicted a lot of Woking's wins this season, I would have predicted that they would win today against Ebsfleet. But uh, Ebsfleet are still putting a point or two on the board here and there, aren't they? I think it's just the one defeat in uh, six games now for them. So credit to Ebsfleet for staying in the game and getting themselves a precious point late on. And that shows the improvement under Gary Hill as well, doesn't it, now with Farthen? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like I think we said a couple of times earlier on in the season, they probably didn't have the depth, but they had a bit of quality there. And with the nous of Gary Hill, um, they should hopefully have enough to survive the season. We'll talk about teams on a good run. Another team are Yeovil, who they're in the playoffs and they're well in the mix now. They're racing to a Tuna lead against Fylde. Reese Murphy and Miles Hippolyte scoring. Then the experienced Jimmy Smith, who used to play at Chelsea, they've signed him from Crawley. He added a third. Kurt Willoughby got off the mark and got a couple, though, but it wasn't enough. Fylde, they slipped to another defeat, but a really good win for Yeovil. Yeah, uh, we've noticed them creeping up recently. They're now well placed in the playoff positions and uh, they're really starting to get together. And it's unusual, as we've said, for a side that's just come down from the EFL to, to find their feet so quickly. So really, really good start for Yeovil. And, and, and just on a personal note, great to see Kurt Willoughby getting his first couple of goals for Fylde. It's been tough for him. I think we thought he was going to go into... Um, a well-oiled machine but obviously the changes Fylde have made haven't really uh, clicked so far this season it's another tough defeat mm. for them to take today and uh, we'll look at the bottom of the table in a minute but believe it or not Luke Fylde are in the bottom four yeah I mean we want to predict at the start of the season and, and did he do what Tranmere did did he stick with Dave Challoner give it another month or two and then see if he can turn it around or did he act I know the, the chairman Dave Hawthorne like, has got a really good relationship with Dave Challoner so does he give him a bit of time showing that loyalty or does he go well we spent all that money and the time comes to an end it's a it's a difficult one isn't it it is but for me it's a, a no-brainer you stick with Challoner unless there's a problem you know unless there's a problem that we don't know about where where certain relations have broken down or whatever uh, it's important first and foremost that Challoner still has the dressing room and if he has that then he should get the backing of uh, the, the board. Somebody who's had the backing of the board this week, a vote of confidence, was John Sheridan. And the club came out and said, whatever John needs, we're backing him. You know, we, we, we paid a lot of money to get him to the club and we're going to keep backing him. Well, he's repaid that fade today. They finally got the first win of the season. Scott Bowden scored to give them a 1-0 win over Torquay. Yeah, fantastic result. I love that statement in the week. Rather than it being wishy-washy, or is he going to go, isn't he going to go, it was the dreaded vote of confidence. But I... Uh, I dare say uh, the, the board at Chesterfield believed that he deserved that. And for me, that's a mm. massive result. Not only their first win of the season, but mm. let me tell you, keeping a clean sheet against Torquay is not easy at all. So uh, a brilliant win for Chesterfield. And I guess the Chesterfield board will have mentioned the name Tranmere Rovers, wouldn't they? They'd have talked mm. about Mickey Mill and the big club. Bigger things expected. Stick with the manager, and we know what happened to talk uh, to Tranmere in the end. Do you know? Do you think as well that it's a little bit of a, a dig at the players, saying, "Look, you've got to do more. We've backed the manager. We're pleased with what he's doing, but you're not performing." And so they kind of maybe had a crisis meeting with the players as well, and then so that's why they've gone out and got that result today. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, I don't know the story of the match. Obviously, we're recording this an hour or so after all the games finished, but. Uh, 
and big big relief for Chesterfield to get that uh, that first win they're still in the bottom four but keeping an eye on the other end of the table of course let's doff our caps to Bromley who've moved into second place this mm-hmm. evening jumping above Halifax yeah it was a good it would have been a good point for them um, but it could have been all three there were five minutes from getting all three Cavill Miley though scored an equaliser five minutes from time and they've been both sides of that in recent weeks, haven't they? They got a very, very late equaliser themselves, Bromley, in the TV game. This time the boot's on the other foot and they had to be content with a point. But given that Woking only drew and given that uh, team I'm sure we're going to come on to now, Halifax lost, uh, then uh, you know, it's probably not a bad point at all uh, for uh, Bromley particularly you know away away from home and as you say Rob Halifax they lost 1-0 at Notts County um, it's turned into a bit of a struggle from a similar pattern to last year when you got off to a good start and then faded a little bit and this is a Notts County side who went down to 10 men as well yeah exactly uh, Halifax would be disappointed with that obviously it's a tough place to go to Notts County uh, there would have been a big crowd there um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they the, the player got sent off for Notts County in the 49th minute and they went on to, to get a goal in the 57th and, uh, through Wooten uh, and they hung on to that later on. So it's a massive win for Notts County. They will feel it's huge. And uh, we mentioned, of course, the, the form of Yeovil and, and, and them being sat in the uh, uh, playoff places. But Notts County now, they've really pushed up to uh, 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 14, uh, sorry 13th place with 14 points and they're just three points off the playoffs themselves and I think with everything went on off the pitch at Notts County they'd probably snap your hand off for that at this stage but you look at that squad it's an experienced squad a lot of those players played in League 2 as well last year and I think it was all about how the adapters you got Kyle Wharton Enzo Baldevine there Jim O'Brien so if that experience shines through and they can get a bit of confidence then you don't see why they can't push for the playoffs as well yeah and, and brilliant pronunciation from you there in, on O'Brien Enzo, I mean Baldivine oh, Enzo, Enzo Baldivine yeah, yeah so, that'll yeah. help me out when I have to commentate on him in, in, in not too many weeks time I guess the next team to look at really in the table and with a very very good win um, in a match between two sides that have got good expectations for this season but Dagenham and Redbridge Peter Taylor they've come out on top today uh, with a 3-1 win uh, against Hartlepool and uh, they'll be really pleased with that one Luke another result that um, caught my eye so they hold on a terrible run and they lost 3-0 up at Barrow John Rooney gave them two goals before half time and Scott Quigley added another in uh, a wretched wretched time of it for Solly Hall at the minute but John Rooney's on fire yeah we talked a lot about John Rooney last week when he hurt Aldershot uh, he's done so again today and he's really really matured as a player Um I was bold last week to say Barrow were the one team I thought were in a false position and, and they would rise up the table and that's a really, really confidence-boosting 3-0 win for them. In terms of the 10 men for, for Sully Holmore as well, let's, let's be clear about that. It didn't happen until after they were 3-0 down and with uh, 29 minutes to go, Tyrone Williams uh, sent off for them for two yellows. So uh, a really, really good win for Barrow. Dover, they drew 1-1 with Charlie at home. Ricky Modest back from international duty with Grenada gave Dover the lead. But Chris Holroyd carried on his good recent goal scoring form by securing an equaliser. And Chris Holroyd's never been that prolific, but he's uh, he's got a good start this season for Charlie. Yeah, I think he had uh, maybe two or three seasons ago, he had a decent season, double figures uh, for Wrexham. But uh, he's really starting to find his feet at Chorley now. There was a few draws actually, wasn't there? Harrogate who've uh, had an interesting week uh, with Joe Leesley uh, going off to Stockport 
they took on Boreham Wood and uh, they're not really clicking, they're not really firing, are they? And they've had to be content with a nil-nil against Boreham Wood there and I think Boreham Wood will be far the happier of those two sides with that result. Yeah, two sort of underachieving sides this year. And as you say, I think Harrogate will just just need to get on a little run down in the same with, with Boreham Wood. I think that's uh, four points for them now in the last two games. So good, good solid week for them but in terms of Harrogate as you say they've loaned Joel Leasley out to Stockport and that was met with a bit of credulation on Twitter this week they're were, um, they were incredulous about the decision they, they don't understand why he's been he's been let go at all whether there's been some sort of falling out between him and Simon Weaver who knows but a uh, very strange one and, and uh, he made his debut for Stockport against Aldershot today which we'll come on to Shortly, just just to prove that we're recording this on a Saturday evening, uh, the live TV game is going on between Wrexham and Sutton. It's an hour gone, nil nil as it stands. We'll update that result by the end of the podcast today. Breaking news: the first one is that Sutton have scored at Wrexham, which shows that we are literally doing this as the game is on. Mm. And uh, who scored? Oh, let's pass over to. It's like Sky Sports News. I'll pass over to Rob for more details. You would if it if it was actually on the uh, on, <laughs> on the flash scores update. It just says the goal went in the sixty second minute. And we don't know who's got it, but if you're a Sutton fan, you won't care. You're 1-0 up at Wrexham, yeah. and you're into game management mode, 28 minutes to go. And the second bit of breaking news is that Chris Pratt is here. He's just here making himself at home, but we'll be hearing from him shortly. At the start of the season, Rob caught up with Harry Paniatu, who was all the shot of summer signing. Here is the interview that he did with him in pre-season. All will become clear why we're only playing it now. It's still pre-season, but I can't resist an interview, and uh, I've got a very interesting chap alongside me. Uh, he's going to be playing for Aldershot Town this season. Harry Paniatu, is that all right? Yeah, that's Will that do? Yeah, that's <laughs> Harry, fascinating background story with yourself. Um, just just tell us a little bit more. Um, you started at Leicester, I believe. Yeah, I started at Leicester when I was 13. I left Leicester when I was 21, 22. Um, then I went to Borussia Dortmund for a bit. And then I came back to play for Barrow. Mm. Then I went to Greece and now I'm here. Fantastic. A little spell at Nuneaton on loan as well. Yeah. Where I'm hearing you play the right back quite a lot. Yeah, is that right? yeah. They play, they play me right back. That's what I mean. Like some people say about my goal scoring record, but when yeah. I was at Leicester, you'll see my goal scoring record was good. Yeah. And I did score for the first team on my debut too. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm here playing striker now. I'm, I'm, I scored four in three. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's good. The other places were playing me right wing, right wing back, and that's, that's the, the reason for the lack of goals. And um, as you say, so let's talk about a couple of things. The time at Leicester, um, a few awards there as well. Premier League uh, was not, uh, Player of the Month and one of the top scorers yeah, think, as well. Wasn't well it? Yeah. I won 80s Player of the Year, Fans Player of the Year, 21s Player of the Season, um, Fans Player of the Season then, mm. Hong Kong Soccer Sevens, Barclays Premier League Player of the Month on the 23s. So I won, I won quite a bit there, yeah, it was exciting. Now, Harry doesn't know this, but while I was waiting for him to get changed, I had a good old chat with his dad, so I found out a little bit more. <laughs> so, mum's from St Kitts, and dad is Greek Cypriot, yeah? Yeah, my mum's from St Kitts, my dad's Greek Cypriot, yeah. And you are a St Kitts and Nevis international, and uh, everybody check out Harry's goal-scoring record for the international teams. You must have had some amazing trips, let alone games. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's crazy. I think I've covered like 60% of the Caribbean now, Yeah. which is, some, I've seen some beautiful places, but... It's not just about the beaches over there. It's just we do take it really serious, and I think I scored 10 goals in 16 games for them. But I, I love it out there. I get to see that. I get to go there, see my family. That get to come see me play, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. You're now at Aldershot Town. Looking forward to the season. Um, Danny Searle has brought you in, and uh, how did that all come about? And uh, why Aldershot? 
Um, well, I was in Greece, and like I said, when I was over in Greece, it, it was amazing. The only thing is, it's a bit. They don't pay you sometimes. They don't pay you on times. Mm. Me as a foreigner, they paid me on time, but the other boys, they didn't. I didn't really like that, so I decided to come home. And then my agent called me and said, "Oh, all the shot want you to, um, to want to come and train tomorrow." So I went in on the Thursday. Did well, trained on Friday, did well, and the gaffer was happy with me. It's a, it's going to be a very uh, young and untried Aldershot town this season. You know from your experience playing National League, it's it's going to be a, a, a tough season. But there's a nice feel about the place, isn't there, and, and about the lads. And uh, and Danny really wants you, Danny and Anwar really want you guys to express yourselves. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? Like, I was chatting to all the boys, but I've never been in the dressing room that's made me feel more welcome. And it's, it's a good thing, everyone's... Um, we've got young, we have got old, we've got experience. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting season. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll speak to you again later in the season. Thank you for joining us tonight. Well done on the start and good luck for the season. That was Harry Paniatu and... Well, he's had a slow start to the season, but he finally came of age at Edgeley Park, didn't he, today, Rob? And I was really impressed with him. He scored one, should have got a second, although I'll well, give him the benefit of the doubt is he wasn't expecting it, really, to come to him after Ash Palmer had, had headed towards his own goal and Hinchcliffe made the save. Paniatu hit the post with the goal at his mercy, but I thought his running and the way he, he marshaled, he gave the Stockport defence problems, was brilliant all day. Yeah, he's one of a number of Aldershot Town players to to really peak today, to really put in one of their best performances, certainly collectively their best team performance of the season. Uh, and I think it took his goal really, really nicely as well, a half volley just inside the box on the right-hand side. Um, but in terms of the goal-scoring honours, I don't know, I might throw it over to Chris because regardless of the result, that game was graced by three quite brilliant goals today, Chris, wasn't it? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean... The second goal as well was an absolute stunner, wasn't it, by, uh, Santos. by Santos, yeah. And uh, and then Joe Piggott came on, uh, the northern Joe Piggott as I described yeah. him uh, to, to, to Rob the other day and uh, he did serve notice a couple of minutes earlier, forced a great save out of Mitch Walker and then two minutes later he put one in the uh, in the far corner but all the shot hung, held on and... Uh, and got three points quite and deservedly so in, in fairness yeah Danny Surley took about two minutes after the full time whistle to come out he was bouncing up the stairs uh, unlike Jim Gannon he was looking very glum wasn't he he was, a, he was as purple as his shirt that he had on at half time when he was very turquoisey looking I think yeah he, he wasn't he wasn't happy with, with the performance today um, he, he mentioned in his post match interview particularly the first half performance which mm-hmm. which rings true because at, at half time um, you know we were scratching our heads to, to try and work out what was happening but let's be fair you can't take anything away from all the shot because they put on a real show in that first half and they came alive I thought I thought County allowed them too much possession they grew into the game they came alive on the half hour and scored two cracking goals and you got to say it was a deserved three points despite a late rally yeah. um, mm. by County but it was uh, yeah what must have pleased you Rob was the resilience he showed because like, they were comfortable then the goal came out the blue and the last ten minutes they were under the cosh but they dealt with it pretty well I think Mitch Walker only had one real save to make didn't he when County were piling on the pressure yeah they did I mean one of the most positive things I could say about Aldershot all season that we did see today as well they're very dogged defensively very determined they 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 hunt in packs to try and win the ball back and they throw their bodies in front of the ball and you're going to need to if you've got a goal scoring record like Aldershot Town I think it's probably only the second game all season they managed two goals in, in one game or possibly the third today and they were two crackers um for Stockport, um, I'm probably as surprised at how poor Stockport were as, as everyone was surprised how good Aldershot were on the day. Um, Piggott made one hell of a difference when he came on. 
um, three he pulled the trigger three times from outside the box one forced a brilliant save another one flew in the top corner uh, and another one was saved a little bit more comfortably by Walker so Stockport and Gannon well they'll have better days I'm sure um, a little bit of a hangover from the Chorley result perhaps the week before for Aldershot well what they've done now is they've 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 shown their manager and they've shown their fans what a good performance looks like and uh, they've set a benchmark and, and hopefully uh, they can they can hit those heights again uh, starting at Barnet on Tuesday so let's move on now to the National League South hi my name's Steve Claridge you're listening to the NL full-time podcast and in the National League South they just keep on going Wheelstone they were 2-0 up through Michael Phillips and Denon Lewis before Adam Coons pulled one back late on and that was at Welling as well and uh, that just shows that Wheelstone are maybe the real deal this year, this season going to Welling and getting a result like that Yeah, really good win against um, you know another side that have got high expectations for this season but they have dropped away of late at uh, Welling uh, and Wheelstone have opened up an 8 point lead now at the top of uh, the National League South uh, so full credit to them where it's due. We'll look at Dark in next because they fell behind to somebody you know well, Matt McClure, but then Jason Pryor and Jake Gallagher, another player you know well, got them ahead 2-1 at half-time and then Elliot Buchanan sealed it and that's a really good win for Darkin as well. Yep, they've uh, surprised a few people this season and it doesn't help when you go behind early on uh, to a side with the undoubted quality that Maidstone have got at that level. But uh, credit to them, they had it turned round by half-time, 2-1 up. And they went on to seal the deal uh, in the uh, in the second half, and I think they had a player sent off late on as well. But uh, mm. the result was secured by them. And one of Wales' closest challenges were having at Waterlooville, and they got beaten at home by three goals to one by Braintree. Thomas Richardson scored two in the first half. Bradley Tarbuck got a goal in between that, and then. Um, Femiak and Wandy, well he waved the magic wand didn't he and got the three points for them in the end but what a cracking result that was Yeah, brilliant result for them and you made me laugh with that pun which is quite <laughs> unusual really um, I was really struggling to find a result of the day or a team of the day in the National League South because it was a stunning afternoon uh, Chris has just joined us, Chris 43 goals in the National League South and we're struggling a bit to find a team of the day because Braintree that is a fantastic result, 3-1 I haven't but I've got to give equal honour to uh, to Hungerford going to Dulwich Hamlet 2-0 down at half time and we want to know what was your team talk at half time Ian come on get on Twitter and tell us all about it Ferdinand Tomlinson and Jones turning things round for Hungerford they got themselves 3-2 up with 20 odd minutes to go and they hung on yeah, we, I have messaged him, but um, I imagine he's, he's getting drunk on the way home, on the bus home. <laughs> so there we go. Um, a crazy game as well at Chelmsford. Three each with Chippenham. They were 2-0 down in that game and recovered. And Darren Smith, who uh, does a current review podcast, said it. Suicidal defending by Chelmsford and, Chel- and Chippenham couldn't defend set pieces, which made it an entertaining game. Well, when you have a bad day at the office, if you can still pull it around with two goals in the last 10 minutes and get yourself point... You uh, dust yourself down and move on and say thank you very much, don't you? Just a word on Chippenham. Uh, the 13th with 13 points. Uh, they've played 11, scored 11 and conceded 11. So it's very symmetrical. End of the season now for Chippenham. <laughs> That's good. Concord have been doing really, really well late, Luke. They uh, they suffered at home to Dartford mm. this week. and An interesting start at, at Dartford uh, following on from... Uh, is that the second game since they relieved the managers? Yeah, Tony Burnham's back, the legend, isn't he, at Dartford? And I think he lost his first game, but he's got a response from today. He said 
as, as, even though he's been there a while and he gave it up he doesn't want the manager's job again permanently but a good win from Charlie Sheringham of course son of Teddy he scored and also Alex Fisher scored one that's a good result for Dartford another good result Weymouth they continue to impress as well they won 4-1 at St Albans four different scorers for them and uh, also Jake Robinson gave Billy Ricky a two goal lead uh, they were 2 0 past 17 minutes but then Zach McCreckran who's um Brother of Josh McCreckran and Eddie Jones, not the England Rugby Union coach, I don't think. Um, anyway, he they pulled it back to uh, claim point for Oxford, and that's a decent point for Oxford City against Billericay. Yeah, absolutely, especially coming from two nil down. Seems to be a bit of a theme today. Seems teams racing off to two nil leads, and then the inevitable turning of the tide, and some teams coming back and getting a point, and others others not doing so. Um, that pretty much covers the uh, top seven in the National League South, but just sitting outside that uh, are Slough and they got themselves a tidy little home win today against Hampton and Richmond uh, it was all square just going into half time before Roberts gave uh, Slough uh, the lead and Jackman uh, secured the 3-1 win a little bit later on so Slough are, are well positioned I think a couple of us predicted them to do quite well this season building on last season and uh, they certainly uh, got themselves into a decent position at this stage yeah, I'm quite surprised at Bath, they've not really pushed on this year, they're in 10th, they're just outside the playoffs aren't they, and they, and they stuttered again at home to Eastbourne drawing 2-2 in the end, they were in, they were in the lead for that game for a long time before Eastbourne went 2-1 up and then a last minute equaliser for Bath uh, rescued a point for them. Yeah it did and uh, you know, they're not too far off, off the pace are they, three points outside the playoffs. And, and forgive me, actually, we did miss out in the top seven. Hemel Hempstead, second place, and a tidy little 2 win, a 2 nil win away at uh, Tunbridge with Nash getting both goals for them. So they continue to do really, really well under uh, new management this season. Rob's going because he's, uh, he's got to drop his son off in Leeds and then there's a, a three-hour trip back home then. Yeah, but it's been worthwhile. It's been great catching up with you guys today. Um, and really nice after getting a, an absolute panning on this podcast with the poor form for a season a bit of Aldershot Town. I have to say it's with great relief that actually uh, they put in a good performance in front of you boys and uh, showed what they can do today. So uh, nice to have the bragging rights, but uh, we look forward to... Uh, I bet Chris doesn't make the long journey down to Aldershot, does he? You're going to have to... Uh... You're going to have to get me and Chris in for every game now. We can sit around somebody's kitchen table every week. We'll go to someone's house every week. Yeah. Sit around the kitchen table on a Saturday night. Yeah. We well, can't change anything now. Yeah, this kitchen table is where it all started, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so as Rob leaves, we've got a text off Ian Herring. Um, and he said that they dug the, the exact moment they needed to. He, he felt they shouldn't have been losing at half-time. And also the football we played was a joy to watch. But I am biased, he said. Uh, wait till you see our second goal, so that's worth watching. Let's go on now to the National League North. Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And then the National League North, York, they've recovered from a couple of iffy results, a couple of draws by going up to Darlington and getting a good 2-0 win up there. Alex Kemp's scored yet again, along with Paddy McLaughlin and Chester are right behind them. Oh, they're on their toe. Chester are on the toes of York City. They've leapfrogged up into second with a 3-1 win against Dickies AFC Telford. Aquasia Sansit got two goals in the first half and he's getting into the groove now. So York can't afford to slip up, can they? We now Chester in that sort of zone, aren't they? No, they can't. But uh, what a defensive record York have. They just don't concede goals, do they? And they've done it again away from home. And um, 
it's the start they were all hoping for. The new stadium coming. Um, Steve Watson really seems to have fired everyone up up there, and it's going well, isn't it? It's just going well for him. I think last season, I think I remember speaking to Steve Watson. I think it was his like third game in for for York, and he, he, you could see he was looking at the team, thinking, "I've got to change that. Yeah. I've got to change that. I've got to change that." But I think it's great that it's Kempster who's doing the business. Mm-hmm. It's someone who's already yeah. there. He's doing the business for them at the moment. Obviously, it's part of a team effort, but he's really shining. And Chester, well, <laughs> they're going great guns as well. I'd just like to remind um, podcast listeners and podcast colleagues that Chester was my tip for the uh, the title. But they're not the, the second, Chris. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they are, they are second. Um, and Bernard and, and Jono have, have really gotten ticking at the moment. And again, I saw, um, I saw Asante playing for Chester last season and I thought he looked a step above a lot of other players in, in that division and so it's proving because he's having a great season so far and um, firing him up the league and Kings Lynn they've slipped down to third after they've gone top last weekend by winning in York drawing they've slipped down to third because they only drew 2-2 against Gloucester Gloucester were a really difficult team to score against Adam Marriott scored in the third minute and then had to score again in the 94th minute to rescue a point for for Kingsland after Joe Hanks had equalised and Joe Parker had put them ahead but Gloucester are one of them teams they're always mid-table but you can never be guaranteed a result against them can you? Yeah I mean these are a team of, uh, of unknowns really uh, a match of unknowns for a lot of the National League North if you remember uh, you know Kingsland I don't think I've ever been in this division and uh, Gloucester weren't in it uh, last season as well so they're the new to it so yeah the I think Kings Lynn are surprising a hell of a lot of people but you know fair play to, to Gloucester they seem to have a problem conceding goals uh, they've got uh, they conceded 23 so far which is amongst the, the worst in the division but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see and when they when they come up north too Geisley are up to fourth and that man Aaron Martin scored a hat-trick again today he's on 14 goals already if he keeps going at this rate he's going to he's going to double his tally by the end of the season and uh, it just shows again we mentioned it a few weeks ago what gems you, you can get from a lower league he's come from two divisions down hasn't he to to come to Geisland he's taken to the National League North like a duck to water he has he must be must be pinching himself at the moment as, as to how well it's going you know Geisland are a team I think they were the they stunned us last, last season, didn't they, guys? Because we couldn't quite understand why they were down there battling against relegation. And they've clearly got this sorted um, for this season and they've started um, fantastically well. It's a really difficult place to go, guys, and get a result. Uh, it was when they were in the National League as well. You know, Big teams, big clubs went up there and, and struggled, but they're, they're turning it on uh, this season as well. And as for Hereford, well, you know, I think there'll be a few murmurings of... Uh, of discontent obviously you've got to give the, the new manager time but there's probably a few murmurings about was it good timing when the previous manager went and uh, I think a bit of soul searching will be going on down there yeah also at Alfreton they slipped to defeat as well at Kettering Kettering got off to a flying start they were 2-0 up after three minutes through Daniel and T's penalty and Marcus Kelly and eventually ran out 3-1 winners yeah yeah I mean you're a bit stunned, aren't you, when you go 2 0 down after three minutes? And obviously, I wasn't at the game, so I, I, I didn't see it. But you can hold on, then, can't you? Not hold on, but you can you can alter your formation to be difficult to break down, knowing that you've got that that two goal cushion. 
Mary Morgan Smith getting one for for Alfreton in in that game, and um, you know that's that's halted a bit of a, um, a a decent start really for for Alfreton. They'll be pleased with where they are. They'll, they'll have to go back and uh, dust themselves off. Um, and this is obviously Alfreton Town who hosted an international game this week as well. They did, yeah. It was uh, was it North Korea or South England under 17s against South Korea? I think wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah. Um, they played not North Korea, <laughs> not to worry anyone. <laughs> um, three goals in eight minutes as well. So Gate said, get a win over Boston and a bit of a, a mad sort of eight minutes there for Boston. Who were who were comfortable really, and I know. Um, Craig Elliott wasn't happy when they won last week against Bradford Park, having you, and uh, he'll be even less so this evening, won't he? He'll be furious because he really does pride himself on his teams being difficult to break down and, um, and tough and sturdy, and you don't get an easy game against one of Craig Elliott's teams. And so, yeah, he'll be he'll be really annoyed with that. And um, it seems like Gateshead got on a bit of a roll, didn't they? And uh, I mean, just a word on Gateshead, it's. Uh, it's really good to see him doing doing so well just outside the playoffs mm. this season. We were talking about him last season. They may not have even been here uh, this season, so I'm sure their fans are absolutely uh, over the moon with, with where they are at the moment. They don't score many, but the, the defensive record is, is almost as good as York's at the top of the league. They've slipped under the radar. We haven't really talked about them because I think they started off with like four or five consecutive draws, didn't they? And, we didn't really mention them, they were just in mid-table. A bit like Yeovil in the National League, they just kind of snuck up, haven't they? And they're a danger, aren't they, to, to the teams above them? Yeah, but people will be taking notice of them um, now, and um, their card will be marked. <laughs> you caught up with Adam Maitland during the week, didn't you? The Farsley manager, um, you, you saw him at High United, Johnny, he was taking in the game. And uh, you had a quick chat with him uh, during the interval at that game. OK, I'm sat here... Uh with Adam Lakeland at Hyde United obviously Farsley Celtic um, manager what a great start to the season so far yeah I think we'd have we'd have, we'd have took it um, such a tough division and um, you know when the fixtures first came out um, you know the, the run that we had in August and you thought flipping out points could be really hard to come by yeah? you know played so many big clubs and so many full time teams um, but we, we you know we, we've, we've done quite well and Probably the most pleasing thing is when we've had a, a couple of poor results, we've kind of stuck at it and then bounced back and um, every credit to, to the lads for their efforts throughout August and uh, hopefully now we've given ourselves a platform to kick on for the rest of the season. Yeah, You just seem to have carried that momentum on from last season, haven't you? I mean, have you seen a, a massive difference between the two divisions or...? You seem to have trans, um, transitioned pretty well. Yeah, I mean, we, d- we didn't want to make too many changes when we got promoted because, you know, like you say, that, I think that momentum is really important. And, um, you know, we've got off to a decent start, but probably the, the biggest thing that I've, I've noticed is you just get punished for any mistake you make. You know, when we've not quite been at it or when we've made any errors, you just get punished. The, the quality of the players in this division, certainly at the top end uh, of the pitch, they're ruthless and... Um, you know, you've got to be at it so uh, that, that's probably the biggest difference that I've seen obviously teams are a bit bit bigger a bit more athletic uh, a bit better organised um, but certainly any little error that you make you, you, you might get away with a few in the league below but uh, in this division you, you've just been punished for pretty much every every error that we've made and What were the aims for this season? I think as a newly promoted team you, your first aim's got to be to stay up hasn't it but I think, you know, I said before the season started, I think it's a bit of a dangerous thing to say that, you know, we're happy to just stay up. 
I, I think that it almost becomes like an acceptance from the outset that you, 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 you caught, you're kind of happy to like win one, lose one. And I think that's a very uh, dangerous mindset to, to kind of have because, you know, this league you can you can win two or three games, but you can quite easily lose two or three. So uh, it's just you know a case of one game at a time. Take it in our stride. If, if obviously we have a bad result, can we bounce back? And uh, if we have a good result, you know, try and build on it for the next game. And you know, if we can obviously get enough points on the board as quickly as we can, get ourselves into a into a reasonable position. And anything after that, I suppose, would be a bonus. And that was Farsley manager Adam Leitland, and he was pleased with the start they had. He wanted better. We got better because they went down to Leamington, which isn't an easy place to go to, and got a really good three 0 win. Absolutely, and it was yeah, it was good to catch up with uh, with Adam on on uh, Tuesday night. It was a chance encounter, and he had he had a good chat with us as as you've just heard. And um, you know, he, he's really pleased with with Farley's, Farsley's start to the season. They've they've picked up the momentum from the the title winning season, and they've kept doing the things that they were doing last season, and it and it served them well. And we spoke, um, you know, about Leamington and the, and the trip um, off air as well, and it was going to be a difficult one. And they've gone and got a three 0 victory. I mean, that what a start! I mean, you've got to say that probably them and Kings Lynn are the uh, are probably the stars of the National League North so far this season. A lot of experience. I think the key is there's a lot of experience in those two sides, or Kings Lynn and Farsley, isn't it? Where they've been and done it at that level and, and higher, so. Maybe that's standing them a good stead at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's a clever strategy, isn't it? You know, you need you need those experienced, mm. uh, wise heads. But um, you also need people who can put the put the ball in the back of the net. One player who uh, you know I th- think is a fantastic player is Nathan Carman as well, and he's on the score sheet again today. So they've got players who've been there and done it. So it looks like Bradford are going to head for their second win of the season, but a ninety fourth minute goal for Adam Boys denied them the victory and uh, they'll be gutted about that but also pleased as well because they are definitely showing signs of improvement aren't they yeah they are they're, they're um, but when you when you concede so late in the game it's a uh, it's a bit of a gut wrencher isn't it and Adam Boys a previous player of theirs as well um, came back to, to haunt them so that'll make them doubly doubly annoyed but um, they're getting back on it aren't they and um it's a shame that that start of the season was so bad, really. Uh, they have lost three in a row before that game uh, against Spennymoor. So, you know, let's hope that they can uh, shore themselves up. Excellent. Well, uh, that is it. Thank you very much for uh, Des for hosting us in his kitchen. Um, thanks as well to Rob, as I've already been and gone. And thank you, Chris, as well, for joining us. You're welcome. Cheers, Luke. And don't forget to subscribe to us. Go on iTunes and Spotify. And until then, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all very soon.